Good morning. My great congratulations to those who were supporting the winners last night. I'm not bitter. It'll take me four years to get over it, but there you go. Uh, wasn't the worship fabulous? I mean, so often it's, it's upbeat, lively. Um, this was just something different this morning. Um, what, what I'm going to share with you, which I believe the Holy Spirit's laid on my, my heart, um, is something that's partly personal to me. And I'm a fairly emotional person anyway. Um, and that worship just got me. <laughs> so the, uh, the chances of me getting through this sermon this morning without crying um, are negligible. But you'll know that it comes from a heart. A heart that has loved God. Well, I can't remember the beginnings of it, really. It's kind of almost been there. But there have been times when I've made a mess, and, uh, and that, that, that second song talked about where God had journeyed with us and how he'd taken us through the, 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 the darker times. And I guess some of you can identify with that. The theme for this morning is going to be about self-esteem, a little different this morning. And that, that, that first song, The Battle Belongs to the Lord. If I could have a strap line for this morning, it would be that. The battle belongs to the Lord. Sometimes when it comes to the sermon, we don't realize that what God really wants to say to us is very simple. Well, we've got the the happy duo this morning. You've got a simple message and a simple retired pastor. So what can go wrong? I want to help you replant or implant into your inner being the, the, the key and enormously important fact that you are precious and valuable to God. Now, for some of you, if you want to put a full, full stop there and say that's the end of it, I'll have a doze now. I just want you to remember that one thing, not as something that is academic, but as something that is life-changing and is real and vital here and now. You are precious and valuable to God. And I will have done something by the Holy Spirit's grace this morning if you walk out feeling 10 feet tall and are floating in the air. Because that's my prayer for you this morning. The health and safety officer has warned me that please mind the ceilings and the doorways as you go out. We'll be fixing it into uh, a number of biblical passages, many of them just uh, the odd verse or, 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 or two. But I want you to just encapsulate, to own, to embody this important thing that is for you and it's for those within your circle of influence, those you love, your family, your friends, your, your, your neighbours. We're not first at the list and everybody else fails. We're not an examination pass rate. It's just the nature of God. That we are precious and valuable to God. I pray this morning that there'll be some of you, perhaps most of you, 
who will feel they're in a really healthy relationship, that they're confident in themselves, then this morning I merely invite you to rejoice, to continue that theme of worship through your thinking and through your further thoughts and prayer. But I ask you also to think of those who you know are struggling with this whole business of low or lower self-esteem. Or it may be, it just may be that this morning is one or two that might just need that, that top up from the Holy Spirit to be reminded that you are valuable and precious to God. Let me quickly give you a context. Might, might not end up so quick as I think about it. Um, in the summer, we had some great words from people who, who, who don't often occupy the, the, the lectern. Uh, and perhaps the basis for choosing or being moved to choose this thing this morning was, was Angela. She wouldn't have known. Um, but I think God probably spoke to all of us who, who were there at that time, who just melted when she gave her, her testimony and how she spoke of despite difficulties in the past and possibly even the present, that her Lord and Savior shows his love to her and, and, and to us. And the other context is a couple of weeks ago, uh, those of you who are regular here will know that we're, we've been in a series looking at the book of Exodus, and Dom has led us through that. Uh, and he spoke two weeks ago particularly about the theme of the series, which was from, from prison to uh, promise. And, and on that occasion, Dom spoke about the different ways that, that we find ourselves and others who are imprisoned in, in one way or another. Uh, and he went through uh, a number of those things. One that he didn't particularly mention, uh, but I've chosen or it's been chosen for me, um, is this theme of lower self-esteem. But let, let, let me just try and embody that also in my own personal context. Uh, I spent uh, about a year uh, being interviewed, doing the odd exam, um, having my preaching um, marked, if that's the correct word, uh, before I went to Bible college. So I'd spent all this time preparing myself to, to go to Bible college, and you would think, wouldn't you, hey, having gone through that, you're feeling pretty chuffed that you've, you've, you've made it to get through that, all those tests. But the reality was, I had this deep inner fear that I was going to go off to Bible college um, and I was going to sit in the corner and all I would be doing would be watching all the others polishing their halos. But actually it wasn't like that. Um, you only have to be near a football field to know that um, they weren't saints. Or perhaps I can point to Another deeply personal situation where uh, on, on one early evening there was a knock at the man's door and, and we lived 
50 yards across the road. In fact, we couldn't, couldn't but not see the church. Um, and the police knocked on the door. And I thought, oh, well, you know, someone's broken into the church building or, or something like that. And what they wanted to share was that a member of our household was reported to them as, be, as being a self-harmer. Now, I don't want to say any more about that, but it was just a deep, deep shock that something that we didn't know came up. It's not a sob story this morning, but <laughs> there have been other times when I, we've, I've been knocked off whatever perch I tried to, to, to sit on. One occasion, um, one small season, Sue and I were bullied in church. As church leaders, we were bullied. You might think that's ridiculous, awful. I, I, I don't know. But the fact is there is a lot of bullying against church leaders that, that goes on. And it knocks your confidence. It knocks your self-esteem. Praise God that that is not our experience here. Or there have been several people in, in different churches who have opened up their, their hearts to me. And they've spoke about instances of physical and psychological abuse. In many churches... Perhaps this one as well. I'm sure we'll know what it is to experience some kind of abuse. And that knocks you off whatever perch you're on and whatever sense of confidence that you have. So I, I don't come this morning with a sob story. I just come to say that this is deep. A simple message, but it's deep. And it's deep in my experience. It's deep in our family experience. And I see it in too many places. So I think it's right that we look at God's word and see what God says to us about this thing called low self-esteem. What better place to start than at the beginning? So we start with the, uh, the book of Genesis, just a couple of verses from chapter 1. And firstly, verse 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And verse 31. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. God said, let us. Us is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, in community, the, the Godhead, if you like. Let us make man humanity. In our own image, in our, in our likeness, God saw that all he had made was very good. 
we are in the image of God. Not just physically, but of course Jesus did show that to us. But reflections of God's glory with personal characteristics that enable us to love, to forgive, to be kind, and many other things too, to be faithful. And God was pleased with what he had made. You are valuable and precious to God. Not only that, you are pleasing to God. In days before the church sadly became more marginalized in the, in, in the UK, you would hear the critics say, well, the church is just full of, of hypocrites. But my experience is so different from that. Within quite a number of churches, as I've, I've gone on, I see people. People are not hypocrites, but people who unnecessarily beat themselves up because of who or what they think they are. But God said in verse 31, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. I know we're capable of being selfish I know at times I'm proud and arrogant and stubborn. And if you want to add to that, just have a word with Sue afterwards. But all too often we put ourselves down unnecessarily. And we're encouraged to feel this way by, by, by the media. The media that will tell us we need to be beautiful. Well, some of you do. Kiss your lips. Sorry. Kiss your thin lips goodbye, is one slogan. The luxury salon, where you will feel unique and special. You are in a beauty contest every day of your life. There is no such thing as natural beauty. You hear the evidence you see before you. And then there are the influencers working away on the, uh, the social platforms, telling people that this is what you need to be beautiful. This is what you need to be complete. This is who you need to be. And by the way, in the meantime, they're, they're getting loads and loads of dosh for it. So where is all of this coming from? Is it coming from our, our God, who just sort of wants to make sure we are beautiful before he truly loves us? But of course, it's not. It's coming from the other place. It's coming from the devil, who wants you to believe that you're not all that you are. Become obs becoming obsessive. There are things worse than being XL. And I don't mean XXL. The fact that I wear 7XL jumpers 
is only because Sue shrinks them in the wash. How God must weep when vulnerable youngsters and others too are trapped in anorexia or bulimia or self-harming. Let's look at a passage from Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 43 and, uh, and the first seven verses. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. We just pause there, just remembering those who that has been their reality over the last few weeks. And pray to God for uh, better preparations, maybe better barricades and aid as swiftly as possible. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Sabah in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Verse 1 says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. Often the, the lower self-esteem comes from a lack of understanding of God's forgiveness and mercy, which he pours out on his repentant people. And you know, the most destructive force is when not just that you don't realize that God has forgiven you, but probably what's worse than that is not to forgive yourself. Part of my testimony that I won't go into detail, but simple truth is I messed up. And the cost of that messing up in my own personal life was enormous. 
And for years, I couldn't forgive myself for the mess that I had created. Other people didn't criticize, condemn. Many understood. But I couldn't and wouldn't forgive myself. I don't know whether some of you are in in that place. But let me tell you, it's a wrong place. It's a false premise. Because if God says, I forgive you, if you say, I'm not going to forgive myself, then you are putting yourself above God. You are putting yourself out of his will. So if there's anything in your life that you regret, just get over it. Take it to the Lord and and live in forgiveness and live in the light of Jesus. Don't be tricked by the devil into believing that you should never forgive yourself. Verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. God will protect. There will not be total annihilation. There will not be total destruction of the things that matter. Yes, buildings can crumble. We've, we've seen that very recently. God will protect. And he will help you to live a life within the kingdom of God. And not outside of it. Verse 4, you are precious and honored in my sight. We have a value that is so much more than money or or popularity. And verse 7, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. As his special creations, we have the ability to bring glory to God. And that's real worthfulness. I think I probably invented that word, but it's okay. Are you up for a little ditty? Let me give you a little ditty. Some people in looks look take so much pride. They don't think much of what's inside. Well, as for me, I know my face. Can ne'er be made a thing of grace. And so I rather think I'll see how I can fix the inside of me. So people say, he looks like sin, but ain't he beautiful within? Well, I like that anyway. And before we move on to the, to the last part of, 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 of the, the sermon, where we look at, briefly, we look through a number of uh, biblical verses, Let me just say that, of course, there are many more issues relating to to, to low self-esteem than we we can deal with this morning. But just to give a flavor of some of those things that that, that haunt people. I'm not producing anything. I'm not good at anything. Why am I not better at relationships? Why can't I get a fulfilling job? Why do I get so tongue-tied in public? Why do I take everything so personally? What can I do? I'm old. 
And now let's, let's turn it all around. Let's look at things through the eyes of God, what we know to be truth within Scripture. Firstly, a couple more verses from the, from the Old Testament. One that's probably very familiar to you from uh, Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. The opinions of today will pale into insignificance when we consider our God-ordained future. Well, from Zephaniah, we don't often read from Zephaniah. Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Hope he sings better than me. God is not just pleased with his people. He delights in his people. A couple of verses from the Gospels. Matthew 10, 30. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. The Lord has a short time with Robert. Uh, but, but for others, it may be a bit longer. John 15, 15 to 16. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. The way we are is not an accident. We may mess up sometimes, but he knows even the hairs on our head. And St. John tells us that we're not servants. We serve, but fundamentally we are friends. We are friends of the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends who we didn't sign up to, but friends that became Because he chose us. A couple of verses from Romans. Uh, Ollie, he, uh, he referred to Romans 8 last week. And um, I have to say that Romans 8 is one of my favorite chapters in, in the Bible. Verse 28 says, And we know that in all things, 
God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And in verse 39, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. bit like Jeremiah 29, 11, really. All things, by faith, will work to our benefit. And the last two, last two verses f- from the epistles. Firstly, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And finally, from 1 John, chapter 1 and verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Even if we have regrets, even if we have lived in darkness, Jesus will restore us to a right place in the kingdom of God. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. And purify us from all unrighteousness. We're not left marred. We're not left ugly in the sense of whole being. But we're cleansed and we're purified by the blood of Jesus. These things I haven't made up. Hopefully the evidence is before us this morning. These things are true. These things are the Word of God. They're not in the media, by and large, but they are the truth of God. Truth and hope for those who are distressed, depressed, disabled, suicidal, anorexic, abused, so-called rejects. Us. It's not all about quick fixes. I'm not saying that. But please, Please remember in whatever way you can that we are all reflections of God's glory. We're all precious. We're in his hands from now to eternity. We are able to bring delight to him. We're friends of the Lord God Almighty through Jesus. We're able to approach him with confidence. We are forgiven. We are redeemed. We are bought back by Jesus. And so we give thanks.